Give Jesus all the praise this morning at 11 o'clock. Come on. Is he good? Is he good? I'm so glad you're here today. My name is Adam Harold, and my incredible wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this community called The Refuge. If you fill that card out in front of you, I just want to send you something in the mail to say thank you for, for being here today. Today is in a, like, it's an exciting day because today's the first Sunday of Advent. And so we're going to get into that a little bit this morning. But before I do, I want to just celebrate what God has done the last three weeks. Holy smokes, God has shown off quite a bit, actually. Uh, three weeks ago, we were able to re- raise $10,000 to send to Israel. Yeah, yeah, you can give God praise for that. Um, we sent that with our friend Luke Walters, who's a missionary uh, really all over the world. And... Um, he went to go see some churches in Israel, and he texted me yesterday from a bomb shelter. So, uh, listen, God didn't call me to a bomb shelter. He called me to Maine. Thank Jesus. And, um, and so he texted me, and he was like, uh, the missiles hitting the Iron Dome sound like thunder, and I'm sitting here with, with refugees in, in Israel in this bomb shelter. It's just, it reminded me that this is, like, Warfare is real, and um, we, we were able to have an impact on the churches of Israel that are telling people about their Messiah, and uh, it was, it's just so, so incredible. So thank you so much for your generosity. Last week, we were able to sponsor 21 kids in a Hope Center in the Dominican Republic. Um, thank you so much. When you give to the refuge, you give through the refuge, but with the, the Hope Center, you give directly to one child, and it helps take care of those kids. So thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, all your investment. Um, God, is, God is moving, and he doesn't just move through money. That's not, that's not the, the point this morning. The point is God moves to get our attention. And uh, this morning, we're looking at Advent, and to be honest... I'm 43 years old, and I haven't really studied Advent the way that I, I wish I, I would have. And so this morning, I'm, I'm just kind of sharing some things that I've learned, kind of laying some groundwork for, uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, because today is the first Sunday of Advent. The first Sunday of Advent, there's four weeks that lead up to Christmas um, from December 1st. or well, So sometimes it's in November. It's the first four weeks leading up to Christmas. That's the Advent season. Like I said, in the past, I haven't really studied it much, but in the second church that I was on staff at, so I was a youth pastor for 12 years prior to uh, starting a church in, in Maine, and um, at the second church that I was on staff at, I served in four, three or four churches as a youth pastor, um, and in the second one, they would light the candles and um, every week to symbolize um, certain things, and so... Um, a lot of times they're more liturgical churches that will have a reading along with it. But what I learned this week was Advent is so much more than, than that. This year, Tanya and I started talking about Advent because she had a discipleship session with, with her discipleship coach. Um, you might call them counselors. We call them coaches. And, um, and we, we get this because... We get discipled by, from other people. And so she had just come out of a session with her coach, and 
she w- told me about it, and she was telling me that she told her coach that Maine has kind of gone through a dark time. Our church has gone through a dark time. Uh, we recently had the shooting in Lewiston, and she told her about that, and um, it was, I think her session was close to that. So um, her coach said to her, she said, it sounds a lot like the time that Jesus came to earth. Jesus came in a dark time. I know that it appears like we're back to darkness. I want you to know that it's always been dark. This world has never been what God intends it to be since the fall of man. And so through her session with her, her coach about darkness, she, she learned about something that I'm going to share a little bit about this morning. But um, this series, we decided we fell on the name The Lineage. The Lineage. You'll learn today more what that means and then next week, so today we're talking about Advent. Next week, we're going to talk about absence. The next week, Tanya is speaking, which I highly, if you've never heard her speak, um, you can come and listen to her. Just don't judge me the next week that you come back because um, her, like, she's just a lot better at me than at everything. So, uh, I mean, this beautiful stage design is all her brainchild, and so she's just absolutely, uh, she's awesome. I love her. So she's going to talk about, uh, what are you talking about? You're talking about the anticipation. So it's Advent, absence, anticipation, and then on Christmas Eve, where we'll have four services, we'll talk about the arrival. So um, I'm excited for this series. I hope that, that you are too. A diamond ring is admired and worn with pride. But with passing of time, it needs to be taken to a jeweler to be cleaned and restored to its original brilliance. This series, I hope, is you taking the diamond of Christmas to the jeweler to restore it to its original brilliance in your heart. That's our desire, that we would give you a a picture of the original brilliance of of Christmas. So what is Advent? Well, the word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, and it means arrival or Um, coming into place, coming to place. But what is the season of Advent? Is the season of Advent just chocolate calendars that you open each door and you pull out a piece of chocolate? Anybody, this is your note to get your chocolate calendar if you haven't gotten your chocolate calendar yet. Uh, I think CVS usually has them. In fact, they might be discounted by now. So, um, but what is Advent? And the season of Advent. Well, that question leads me to today's big idea. We have one thing I want you to take home with you. It's this idea. We needed him, and he came. We need him still. And he's coming again. Man, this is the third time I've done this message. 
And every time I read it, I get choked up. Because Jesus came at a dark time. It is dark still. And he's coming again. But this time, he's not coming as a baby. He's coming as a king. And I look forward to that day. But I got work to do. You've got work to do. We've got people in our lives that we've loved and hopefully we love them to the point of seeing that Jesus is their savior and he wants to be the king of their heart. The beauty of Advent is celebrating that Jesus came but also celebrating that Jesus is coming again. That's what today is all about. Now, for our scripture this morning, I couldn't think of a better book to be in than the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. You can turn with me in your Bibles if you have them, or you can follow along with the screens, or you follow along in the YouVersion Bible app on your phones. That's probably that's one of my favorite ways. My favorite way is to get a piece of paper in, a, in my own Bible and to take it out and to write in it and to write on paper. But Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're going to start. But before we get there, I want to explain a little bit about who Isaiah is. Isaiah is a prophet of Israel, was a prophet of Israel. And a prophet of Israel, they used to call them seers. And the reason they call them seers is because God would, uh, would show them things. God would show them what he's doing. And they would report to Israel and tell them, this is what God is going to do. Now, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they were guys that, that wrote them down. They're, they are called what we call major prophets because their books are longer than Amos and Hosea and the smaller, the, the minor prophets. So Isaiah was a major prophet that wrote down all these things that God allowed him to see. But here's what's important. At the time of his writing this down, Israel's divided. They're a divided kingdom. They're, they're divided into the north and the south, the northern and southern kingdoms. They're divided. But more than divided, they are unfaithful to their God. They were an unfaithful people. And Isaiah sees these things from God, and he writes about them. And what I love and what I've discovered about Isaiah in, in studying for this series, and, and it's amazing because I'll read through the Bible in a year. Um, I've, I've done that for like the last five or six years. And I didn't see that Isaiah was, um, was it's literally the birth of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the coming again of Jesus, all three of them, all throughout the Bible, all throughout the book of Isaiah. I want to read in, verse, in chapter 9, verse 2, but before I read that this morning, I want to ask God to join our conversation. Can I do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, your word is alive, and your word is true. God, I can't help 
but to believe that there are people in this room that have doubted your word. Father, I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit would reveal its truth to them today. That they would stop doubting and that they would embrace the truth of your word. And Lord, just like the man with the daughter that was sick that said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I pray that you would be with those people today. God, thank you for being so rich in mercy, loving me, too much to let me stay lost. You sent Jesus as the perfect gift that I needed, maybe not that I wanted, but I needed. Be with us in this conversation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 9, verse 2. The name Isaiah means God is salvation. His entire book points to salvation. Verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. That's our desire. The people that walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Verse 6, jump down to verse 6. You've heard this. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David. For all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make it happen. Until I slowed down, which I talked about a few weeks ago, sometimes when I read God's word, I have to slow down and pay attention to what it's saying. And I give speeches about it, right? So I didn't realize until this week exactly what Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 is saying. A child is born, a son is given. Those are the two thoughts of Isaiah 9 6. Jesus left heaven to become a baby, a human being. This we call the incarnation of Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life to go to a cross to die for my sin. This is known as the atonement of Christ. The incarnation and the atonement. Anybody ever hear those two things before? Anybody be a part of our, yeah, someone said it. The prodigal son. In our last series that we did, we called The Prodigal, about the father that left the porch 
for the son. He left the party for the older son. In both of those times, he displayed the incarnation and the atonement. These two things are so important about God. Number one, he left heaven. Number two, he died on a cross. Period. Now, we know that atonement brought salvation through the resurrection. Hallelujah. That the resurrection is the proof of our salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're following along with our Bible reading this morning, we read that. The Apostle Paul says, if it's not for the resurrection of Christ, then our faith is useless. It's proof. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, if you doubt that God loved you, that he sent his son Jesus, if you have any doubt in your heart, study the resurrection. It's the proof. The incarnation and the atonement. You cannot celebrate Christmas without celebrating Easter. You cannot celebrate Easter without celebrating Christmas. Isaiah chapter 11. So we're in chapter 9. Now go to chapter 11, verse 1. I'm going to read it from a different translation, the English Standard Version. It says this in verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. The reason I'm reading a different translation is because the New Living Translation says um, the ancestry of David. Now, Jesse was David's dad. But you'll see why I use this one in just a moment. So let me read verse 1 again. There shall come forth from a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from the roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. By the way, these are all things that God gives you when you receive Jesus. These are our identity. Verse 3, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see. Or decide disputes by what he, his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. Listen, God doesn't judge us based on his emotion. He judges us based on his righteousness. With the righteousness, he shall judge the poor. And decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with his word, ladies and gentlemen. And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Man, when you read this, 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 these verses through the lens of your identity in Christ, what, what that verse means is the, the word for breath, I, I just feel like God is just showing me some things that I have to say. The word breath there is also translated spirit. When you don't receive the spirit of God, that's the only thing that people go to hell for. 
That's the only thing that people are judged on. He says, and with the breath of his lips shall kill the wicked. The reason the wicked die is because they don't receive the breath. They don't receive the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and the faithful, faithfulness, the belt of his loins. In recent years, companies like 23andMe or Ancestry.com have just skyrocketed, just boomed. Um, someone was telling me earlier out in the foyer or out in the common um, about my heritage. I'd never heard of that one, but there's so many different uh, so many different companies that specialize in helping people know who they are based on their ancestry or their lineage. And so that's where we get the idea of, of the lineage series because what does this have to do with identity? Or I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Advent? Well, in Isaiah 11, 1 through 5 that we just read, it talks about the shoot of Jesse. And with Advent, I want to introduce you to something today. And that is, with Advent, there's something known as the Jesse tree. If you've ever heard of the Jesse tree, then, you, then you're like, oh, I see where he's going. If you've never heard of the Jesse tree, Go to Google, type it, look it up. It is absolutely, I'm going to explain it for you more shortly. Jump over to Matthew chapter 1. I know I'm all over the place this morning, but jump over to Matthew chapter 1. Because here, you'll, it'll start to make sense, I hope. Verse 1, this is the record of the ancestors of Jesus the, Naz the Messiah, a descendant of David, of Abraham. Now jump down to verse 5. Matthew 1, 5. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of? Jesse. Jesse, Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba the widow of Uriah. Thousand of years prior to Jesus being born, Isaiah tells Israel that out of the stump of this man, Jesse, in other words, out of the family tree of this man, Jesse. Now, next week, I'm going to explain to you why Isaiah calls it a stump. And I'm excited about that message. That's your cliffhanger for next week. We're going to explain why it's a stump next Sunday. But out of this man, Jesse, a Messiah would come. This tradition known as the Jesse tree starts on December 1st, just like your chocolate calendar, right? Just like the chocolate calendar that you get out the little piece. Tanya was super extra this year, and she went down to Ikea and got a real nice one. It was, my kids are loving it. And uh, you can ask them all about the Swedish chocolates that they have. And 
Anyway, um, it's getting close to lunchtime, so. <laughs> this tradition starts on December 1st, and it starts with an ornament, with or- 25 ornaments. So on December 1st, all the way to Christmas Day, it starts with ornaments, and every ornament, you get a, um, you get a, you get a verse that you read along with it, a scripture, and you read along with it to, to discover your lineage in Christ, to see where we come from. I want to read a portion of, from Christianity.com that explains what the Jesse tree does. This is beautiful. The original Jesse trees were big carvings, tapestries, or stained glass windows placed in churches that assisted people unable to read to learn about the Bible from creation story all the way to the Christmas story. In medieval times, when Jesse trees began, people couldn't read. So they would walk into the church and they would see the stained glass and they would be able to see the unfolding of God's word all the way up to the birth of the Messiah. What a beautiful picture. This morning, I wanted to encourage you to go and look those, look those things up uh, or look up the Jesse tree, Jesse tree Advent. That's all you have to put in your, your search bar. But I've got all 25. I'm going to read them for you. They're also available in the YouVersion Bible app. You can go and you can follow them. You can take a screenshot of it so you have it on your phone or um, just, just find it. I'm, I, I think Ty has already looked for ornaments on Etsy about the Jetsy tree. So have you found anything yet? She's making them, ladies and gentlemen. She's not, but she's got a person. She's got a lot of people. All right, December 1st. The stump, of the, the stump with a shoot. So our, our graphic for the lineage comes from the stump of Jesse, the, the, the stump with, with a shoot. That's what, that, what the December 1st kind of looks like. The, the verse that, we, that you read is Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. We just read that. So because we had like two days of December already, I've already done day one for you. You don't have to do it. Number two, the second, day, day two, December 2nd. Creation, Genesis 1.27. December 3rd, Adam and Eve, Genesis 3.8. December 4th, Noah's Ark, Genesis 6.8. December 5th, Abraham, Genesis 12.2. December 6th, Sandals, Genesis 21.6, which is the story of Sarah who was unable to conceive Isaac that, was give, that eventually gave birth to a son named Isaac that would give birth to the nation of Israel. December 7th, the ram, which is Genesis 2, sorry, Genesis 22, 14. Jacob's ladder, Genesis 28, 16. Joseph's coat, what a beautiful coat of many colors it was. Genesis 50, 20. Number 10, December 10th is is really easy to remember. It's the Ten Commandments, which is Deuteronomy chapter 5, 29. December 11th, Scarlet Rope, Joshua 2.18. December 12th, Wheat, Ruth 1.16. December 13th, The Crown, 1 Samuel 16.7. December 14th, A Great Light, Isaiah 
December 15th, fire, Elijah's fire. 1 Kings 18.2. December 16th, a great fish. Where's that one at? Jonah. Jonah chapter 3, verse 2. Bethlehem, Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. King's scepter, Esther, 4.16. A watchtower, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. Zechariah and Elizabeth, Luke, chapter 1, verse 17. A shell, Matthew 3, verse 3. Sorry, Matthew 3, verse 3. December 22nd, a heart, Luke 128. December 23rd, tools, Matthew 123. December 24th, a manger, Luke 2-7. December 25th, guess what it is? Ain't no tree, it's a star. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. If you do the, the Jesse tree, you see the beauty of Jesus coming to darkness and give us light. And really, that's what Christmas is all about. That Jesus came to darkness to shine a light for all to see. We needed him, so he came. We need him still, and he's He's coming again. He came as a baby the first time. He's coming as a king the second time. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 19 through 20. The last passage I want to read for you today. It says, no longer will you need the sun to shine by day. Nor the moon to give you Light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. Your your sun will never set. Your moon will never go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Did I read that already? Keep reading verse 20. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I believe what Isaiah is talking about is that day when Jesus Christ will return. And in Isaiah, he talks about Jesus coming again. In Revelation, he talks about there is coming a day where this earth will be destroyed. It doesn't matter how much we try to save the planet. It will be destroyed. 
Don't cancel me for that. That's God's word. We can try. We can try to save it. But it will be destroyed. But guess what? He's given us a new one. The exact same way he's given us a new body. My body will be destroyed when I die. But he's given me a new one. I don't know if I should be offended by that clapping or not. Our spirit was dead. He made it alive again and gave us a new one. That's what God does. The old is gone. The new is here. And I am so grateful that, yes, the world looks dark, but I get to live in it right side up, and it's not so dark to me. It's not so dark to those that know Jesus. Because we see where it's going. We know there's a reason it's dark. And the reason that it's dark is so that he can make it new. So that he can shine bright. Our desire is that you would see it. We needed him. He came. We need him still. He's coming Again, stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye close. My favorite line in that last passage I read was verse 21. All your people will be righteous. All your people will be righteous. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, And hopefully today, some of you will do that. If you do, when you walk out of here, you walk out of here righteous. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the righteousness of God. His people that he shares that with. But if that's true, then some of us are here without the righteousness of God. Some of you have friends and family that you just want to know Jesus because you want them to be the righteousness of God. I hope that if you're here and you have seen the light today, I hope that you would receive it. How do you do that, Adam? I want to show you. Would you bow with me? Would you close your eyes? If you need to receive that light, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise hands today. But I'm going to ask you to say this prayer. Say, God, I know I've done wrong. And God, I know that the wrong that I've done is the reason there's darkness in my life. But God, you came to shine a light to expose the darkness in my life. And so, Father, the best way I know how, I give you my sin that has separated me from you. Thank you for taking it. By the blood of Jesus, 
who died on the cross to save me from it. God, I, I invite you into my life. Come into it. Make me a new person. Help me live for you. Help me to walk in this light that I've discovered today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, you can mark it on the card. You can take it into that room on your left, my right. I'm so glad you came today. If you need prayer, they're, they're in there for you. Um, if you need prayed for, they want to pray with you. We're going to sing one more song. We'll be dismissed. I hope you come back next week when we talk about absence during the Advent season. Let's sing together.